What does true wellness mean to you? I'm Claudia Cometa, and that is the question I will be leading with in the Minding Wellness podcast. Each and every week, I will bring you experts who will share their personal wellness journeys and their insights into what it means to mind our wellness. Health is a state of body. Wellness is a state of being. Let's dive into improving our state of being. This week on the Minding Wellness Podcast, I am excited and honored to bring you Rose Glychowski. She is a wellness junkie that loves to nerd out on documentaries and podcasts that include all the cutting edge biohacking. She's the owner and a health coach at Impact Weight Management in Gainesville, Florida, where they have helped transform hundreds of clients to a healthy lifestyle. Their approach is lifestyle-focused changes in habits and nutrition. She's a mom of two young athletes, loves to walk the walk in all ways of wellness. I'm excited to bring you her insights today. We talk a lot about not only the mindset shifts that have to happen in the midst of making these type of health and wellness changes, but also some practical ways to incorporate them into your day-to-day life, which I love. So enjoy. All right. I'm so excited to have Rose Glychowski with me on today. And I think I said that right. Is that correct, Rose? That's great. Yeah. Fantastic. I felt pretty confident saying that. So, so excited to have Rose on. I have known Rose for a few years here in Gainesville, connected um, in person, but then also, of course, followed on social media. And I know that she's doing amazing things in the area and probably also beyond. So I was excited at the opportunity to have her on and share her insights. I know she has several, so I have no doubt this will be a valuable episode to our listeners. So thanks for being on, Rose. Thank you for having me, Claudia. It has been fun to watch, um, you know, the wellness in Gainesville. Just, I feel like it's really come a long way in the last few years and you've been a big part of that. So it's been fun watching everybody get healthier together. Yes, I agree. I love how just sort of forward thinking and proactive the city is in general. And I do love the wellness component and how many great opportunities there are here now that when I think back to when I was in college, I mean, you certainly could find what you were looking for, you know, in some way, but you had to dig a little bit further, you know, now it's, it's very front and center, which is super fun to watch that journey unfold. So yeah, as I always start, what does true wellness mean to you? Um, That's always such a great question. And I was thinking on this and, you know, when I think to what I think about as wellness, it's always you know, the mind, body, spirit connection that wellness is this, this, I I always picture like a wellness wheel and that your wheel is made up of many different components from uh, diet, exercise, sleep, um, relationships, you know, your, your mental health. And if any one part of that wheel is off, the whole wheel wobbles. And so I really like to think of wellness as this full picture and that at times in our life we will tend to focus more on one part of the wheel and um, I love that because it's always getting better together but you can't just focus on one piece and one piece only you really do have to address everything I think that's what you're doing and getting the word out there that wellness is really just all encompassing from head to toe and um, so right now I'm really focusing on um, my sleep and that's a big thing for me right now but it doesn't mean that everything else can be forgotten either so um, the wheel is always turning yeah I always love a good visual so I, I always love sharing new visuals with our audience because I think that 
you know, one visual may, may hit somebody in a certain way uh, one time and, and somebody else the next time. So I love the visual of the wheel. And I agree that while we can certainly bring to the forefront specific components of our wellness at any given time, we, we are always attempting to balance and integrate all of those items. And sleep is um, potentially my favorite activity. I am a huge <laughs> sleep fan um, because it's, I don't, I just have always been a, a I guess been blessed to be a good sleeper, but I just really appreciate that downtime, the relaxation, the renewal. Uh, and so I, there's, there's, there are very few things that I allow to affect my sleep. So I love that you brought up sleep. Uh, that's a huge, huge issue for me, uh, not issue, but a huge topic that I prioritize. Right. And you know, any one piece of that wheel gets off, you know, the whole wheel wobbles. So if you think about it, like if your sleep is off, then usually your exercise is off and maybe your stress level is off and your relationships can be off and your food is off. So it's like, and, and every piece of the wheel is like that, but, um, you know, any one piece of this wheel, you can't just work on one piece, but the sleep is, it, it feels to me like you can monitor so many things you can monitor your steps and you can monitor your food and you, you can track all of these things with apps and you know, a lot of different things, but it's harder to track your sleep because you know, you're laying in bed and you know, you might be asleep, but are you really getting good sleep? And you have to really dive into that, um, a little deeper to track your sleep. And so it's been, been very, um, interesting to me to track, you know, what type of sleep you're getting. Cause I always thought I got enough sleep, but I don't think my quality of the sleep was good. So that's my own personal focus right now is making sure I'm you know, getting good quality sleep. Yes. I'm such a huge, huge proponent of that. So huge. I know that there are, there are some apps. My husband has used them. I don't know how, honestly, I haven't researched them to know how accurate they are. I know that they sort of monitor, like if you lay them next, you know, if you have mm -hmm. your phone next to you and it can sense like your movement, um, it'll at least give you probably a more detailed picture than you would have had otherwise. And then of course, you know, if there's, if there are actual, concerned, you can do a full sleep study. But yeah, I, I uh, can't even emphasize enough that sleep is sort of the center of everything that if we aren't, if we don't give our body the rest it needs to heal, to renew, it, we, how could we possibly ask it to function in the way we want it to every day and at the maximum potential, we just can't. So Absolutely. Yes. I'm with you. All right. Well, um, we'll just have to title this episode <laughs> yeah. sleep therapy. Now, it's so funny how we got on a tangent, but it's so, it's so important that it, I, I fully believe that because we got onto this slight tangent, somebody out there needs to hear that sleep is important. So we're just going to trust that that is why we had this conversation. All right, let's go ahead and get deep into your backstory and the journey to how you got to the work you do today. Yeah, so it's, it is a long journey. I'll give you kind of the short version. Um, always have had an interest in wellness. Um, my degree is in exercise science from UF and had a hard time kind of figuring out when I was young what I was going to do with that degree. Um, but almost 10 years ago, I made a personal shift where I, my kids were young and I realized I needed to really focus on nutrition a lot more. It was kind of one of those parts of the wheel where I'd been really good working on the fitness side of it and the mental health part, but I think I had ignored um, really good nutrition. So I dove into that, had a personal change that it was so life-changing to me to get my nutrition where it needed to be that um, I wanted to help others. And I had I'd actually had been 
had a teaching background. So I had 10 years of teaching under my belt and figured out what it would be to be a health coach. And I thought I would just open this little business where I would help people on uh, nights and weekends with this thing called health coaching. And uh, fast forward, probably within six months, I hired quickly two other awesome health coaches. They're both occupational therapists and they have been with me for nine of those 10 years. Um, and we have grown this business really pretty organically because I think everybody does need a health coach. They just didn't know what that was and what we did. And uh, it was a little bit of, can I just do this on my own? And so anyways, we kind of, you know, butted ourselves into people's lives a little bit. And we kept hearing, oh my gosh, this is life changing. Primarily people come to see us for weight loss. And we said, so that's what we work on on with them. Um, some people, it's not weight loss. Sometimes they just have, you know, they're, they're stuck. They know they're allergic to something, but they can't figure out what it is, or they have some sort of, they, they just eat trash, but they're not overweight and they need help in other ways. But primarily people come to us because they want to change their life and get off prescriptions and lose the weight. Sometimes it's those final 10 pounds. Sometimes it's 200 pounds. Um, and so that's kind of where we got where we are now and uh, we're really excited because we follow a program that is lifestyle focused and that allows us to teach them the mindset and the habits and the skills that they need so that they can live this lifestyle and not this temporary diet fix but that they can actually change what they're doing from their head all the way to their toe in terms of their mindset um, so yeah, that's how we got where we are. We see probably about 150 people a week come in every single week, just working with them on reaching their goals, letting them be in charge, and then us just guiding them to help them reach, you know, we're their co-pilot, uh, but ultimately they're in charge and we're here to help them accomplish what, you know, what they want to accomplish. Wonderful. 150 is robust and fabulous. I'm so glad that there is that much interest in, in getting healthier from a nutrition standpoint. So that number is great because it just, it means that there's a lot of attention and awareness and that's fabulous. And I'm sure there's even more room to grow. And I love the concept of co-piloting because I do think that a lot of people take maybe more of a passive role and in general, their health and wellness, than they could, you know, they could certainly take a more proactive role, but historically, you know, generationally we have sort of, you know, allowed the authority figures to be the authority figures without us questioning. But I think that if we really start to be more engaged and active in those decisions, we can make huge changes. So let's dive a little bit more to how you were, cause teaching for 10 years, I mean, that's a whole decade of your life. So a whole decade of yeah. your life, you were an educator. That's pretty, um, yeah. you know, that's a long time and, and had, was a focus of your life. How do you feel like that? Well, first of all, what did you teach? And secondly, how do you feel that that role in education has helped you in the work that you do now? So yeah, the complete accidental role, like I was working down at Disney's wide world of sports and I started substitute teaching to bring in extra money when I was 21 years old and they offered me a full-time job. And I, I, I kind of was like, sure, great, full benefits, summer's off. I'll do this for a year till I can figure out what I was doing. And 10 years later, I was still in the classroom. So 
that, that kind of unfolded. The funny thing was um, I actually taught math. My dad was a math teacher my whole life and I grew up, he wrote math curriculum, probably that most of our kids are doing. And so I grew up in this family of, of that. So it was easy for me to go in. I just really did not go to school for that. But I loved educating and I loved helping people and I loved helping kids. I still love helping kids. It's still a huge place in my heart for that. Um, and I still feel like I am a teacher in many, many ways. It's just that I'm teaching adults now and I'm teaching a different curriculum. But um, yeah, I taught math for a long way. And, it, it, and it's funny because this whole co-piloting approach is actually relatively new to us. We used to use an approach where it was sort of like a teacher, where I was very directive. A client would come in, I would tell them what to do, they would do it, and they liked that. Like they come in, they, they tell me, I don't wanna think, you just tell me what to do. We did that for years. That was our style of coaching. But what we realized was that wasn't very good for lifestyle because what happens when I'm not telling you what to do anymore? Um, so we really flipped the switch. We brought in a whole new program called Moxie Fit. That's the program that we run now. And the reason we brought that into impact and why we implemented that program is because of the co-piloting approach. And we had to really learn some different skills. And we always thought we were great coaches, but we really needed to change into that co-piloting mode. Not because the other one didn't work. It's because the directive, sort of like how you would be in a classroom, especially teaching math, like you do it this way and here's how it unfolds. Um, that approach worked, but it didn't teach them the skills that they needed when I wasn't there with them the other six days of the week or in lifestyle to keep it off. So it's been a, it really has been this, um, we have evolved so much even as a company and as coaches and, you know, we're really proud of where we are now, but we're really real about, gosh, man, we wish we hadn't just told you what to do. We wish we had let you have more of a say. And it's a little awkward. Now the clients come in and they go, can't you just tell me what to do? And we don't want to tell them what to do. And sometimes getting them to really take charge of their health, it's very empowering to them, but it's hard to get them to think like that. They don't want to think. They want it to be as easy as possible. And so there's challenges that come with that co-piloting. I think um, it's so much better, but it's, it's so little resistance sometimes, but the years of teaching to answer your question about what did that teach me that taught me how to be so, uh, I guess I would say, you know, flexible with clients. And, you know, when you're teaching middle school and high school, you learn that every single kid that comes in your classroom is different from the next. And that's exactly how everybody's health journey is. It's all, um, in many ways they're similar and but their obstacles are different and you just learn to communicate better you become a better listener you become better at listening to them i think if i actually went back into the classroom now i'd probably be a better teacher too but it just it takes those years of experience i mean dealing with parents dealing with administration i became um, better at dealing with clients who are oftentimes really broken when they come in and their weight issues have much, much more to do 
than just overeating. That's not, you know, there's way bigger history, just like a kid who comes in and that's struggling in your classroom. So I'm incredibly thankful for those years. I think um, from 21 to 31, I could not have opened up my own business. I don't think I had the skills to run a business one and two, really to work with clients. Um, so all of those communication skills that I learned firsthand have really put me where I am. Now, April and Cindy, my two coaches that work for me, they are my smarty pants. They're the occupational therapist and they have, um, they both have a background of working in nursing homes for years and they have a different background. And so we make a really good team, um, but they, ha they have been taught on how to communicate with their patients that are maybe resistant to therapy. And that's actually a lot of what comes in here. So better communicators between the three of us and working as a team. Um, but I'm thankful for those years of teaching. I miss my kids. I love working with adults now. So interesting to me to hear journeys because I feel like a lot of us can probably say, you know, yeah, I had all of these years of XYZ career. And um, although I'm not doing that anymore, I can see now how the knowledge and skills that I learned from that are playing into what I'm doing now. And, and so hindsight is always so cool to look back on. And I, I think about how valuable that decade of teaching, you know, obviously has been. And I completely understand the concept of moving away from sort of the directive, go do this. I mean, we're kind of taught that, you know, as we, as we go through, I think this, I think the education system is a little bit different now, but you know, in our generation, I feel like it was pretty directive. There wasn't as much, you know, collaboration or group work or, you know, I, I feel like it was more directive in our day. And so to move away from that, I feel like is so important and valuable, but it's not necessarily a default. Like we have to sort of swim uphill to, or upstream to do that. And I, but I think it's so valuable to move to more of a co-pilot approach. And so I love that that's what you're doing and that's what you're noticing is more effective. And it kind of brings me to, you know, I have led a few guided meditations and when I do it from a standpoint of people connecting to their inner mentor and literally like visualizing their inner mentor and having a conversation with that person, you know, where it's like, it's me. And I know that I have the ability to make good decisions and be confident in my path. And I just need somebody to sort of co-pilot with me, you know, the expert on the other end, they really connect with that, but you're right. They don't know. We aren't taught to do that. We aren't taught to know that we have that inside of us. So I love that you're incorporating that into your work. Yeah. And it makes people a little uncomfortable. You know, they, they don't want to think about the mindset, you know, they don't, they don't really want to naturally, there are people who say that they want to, but then when you get a little deep, sometimes it's a little uncomfortable. And so that's what, what we do here on a weekly basis It's actually called cognitive behavioral therapy. And so we use this CBT approach where we are working constantly on the mindset and the behavior. Um, it's, the food comes easy. So for example, if the behavior is that they need to pack their lunch for, you know, and they need to eat out less, that's the behavior that we hope to instill is packing their lunch. And the food may change, but it's the pack, it's the behaviors that have to change and getting them to understand that once they change the behavior, the food is easy to change. Mm -hmm. It's the behavior that has to change. And we have spent so much time focusing on that part um, and just a lot on their mindset and the, the cognitive part that goes along with food. It's so, 
there's so much that goes on with the little voice in your head when it comes to food and nutrition and trying to, you know, get that into the right place. It's not always a, a lot of people know what to do. They're not even uh, completely uneducated about it. Um, we hope to provide a lot of education and that's, that's something that's really important to us, but also there's a mindset piece that has been ignored for a long time. And I, I think it's also picking up in sports. There's way more focus on mindset um, with my kids in school and with my kids in sports. They actually are putting that in, implementing that into the curriculum. It's awesome to see because I think our generation missed out on anything cognitive at all. It was kind of suck it up and don't talk about it. But there's this cognitive component that's really, really critical to overall wellness. Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree more. I, I definitely agree. There's a generational switch that I think is so important that we're sort of on that cusp of the pivot because we can see, I think, in our generation, both sides, you know, where maybe our, our kids and their kids aren't necessarily going to have the experience of knowing how it used to be. But I feel like we're kind of on that cusp where we see both ways. And it's so, so clear that, that where we're shifting is, is the, probably the better way. So I hope uh, so. Yeah, we, we, we hope so. Maybe it'll even get better from here. Let's hope you help even more for that. So let's yeah. dive into sort of what the lifestyle focus looks like. So whether that is, you know, maybe a real world example, obviously without identifiers of what that looks like, somebody coming in and how that approach is unique, significant, the benefits sort of, you know, I know you mentioned even just mentioning the example of the, you know, the shift in somebody's day of, of preparing a lunch, which some of these things might seem super, you know, um, minuscule or insignificant. And I know I, they're not because I often don't pack my own lunch. So, so kind of take us through what, what that approach looks like in a real life example. Or, or just to pack, piggyback on the, the packing of the lunch. I mean, people pack their kids beautiful lunches. <laughs> They pack amazing lunches and I'll say, well, why do you, why do you pack your kids lunch like that? And they will go on to tell me, well, because I love them so much and I don't want them eating this lunch and, you know, on and on and on. And I, and, and I have to remind them, you have to love yourself that much. You know, that's, that's why I want you to pack your lunch because the other options are the same as the kids cafeteria or whatever else is out there. So packing the lunch becomes a much bigger um, point, but so the lifestyle habits, there's lots. And each month we have a different focus. So the focus for March right now is on eat the rainbow. So when they come in each week, they are, we are talking about what that means when somebody says eat the rainbow. So they're going to get a little education on each color of vegetables and what those things provide for you. Um, and why it's important to have a variety of nutrients. So they have like a whole handout. There's a handout on how to get your electrolytes through your food. You know, we talk about electrolytes all the time, but do you really have to drink Gatorade? Let's talk about, you know, if you need magnesium, are you getting enough salmon in? Are you getting enough um, Swiss chard, spinach? Like how can we get these things through our food? That's the lifestyle focus. And then they may have an activity where throughout the week, they're checking off the colors that they're having every single day. So that's a really, I call it an on the surface activity because it doesn't really get emotional. It's just eating the colors of the rainbow. It, you know, it's kind of like tracking their colors, but sometimes it gets a little bit more deep where we have them doing some mindset routines, um, some deep breathing exercises every single day, positive self-talk, uh, we did a lot on some goal setting in January, and that is really 
it's, it's really hard for them to think about their goals besides, uh, you know, maybe just what goes on at work, but personal goals and how do you bring fun back into your life? So we're working every time a client comes in, we're trying to take the focus off of the weight loss and make that the side effect that happens when you actually follow this program and we can get the mindset where it is. So if you're just focusing on eating lots of different colors of vegetables this whole month, we know that you'll feel better doing that. Um, and then the other piece there is like, for example, grocery school, we teach grocery school about once a month and we encourage all of our clients to go through grocery school. So that's a lifestyle habit. Once you come to grocery school, um, we take, it takes about an hour and a half and it's all about teaching you to grocery shop on a budget, smarter, healthier, better choices. You know, what do all those labels mean when you're in there? And we used to do those kind of things in the office, but now we actually meet you at Trader Joe's. They're, they are awesome and very supportive. They know we're coming. They give us somebody on staff to go along with us. And April leads. We've been doing it for five years. Grocery school is awesome. So that's a lifestyle habit that we need to address because people have been grocery shopping the same way they get their same items for, I don't know, 30, 40 years, it feels like, that they don't even know how to shop differently. They don't even know what jicama is or what to do with the spaghetti squash. So there's a lot that goes into something like grocery school. So really, if we want to change the food, we have to change the behavior first. And if you don't know how to shop differently, it, you know, that's like foundational. How could you ever pack your lunch differently? How could you ever cook your dinner differently if you don't know how to shop differently? So all um, the behavior habits, the lifestyle focus is, it's got different parts of it. Some part will be about self-love. Some parts will be just about digestive issues, um, physically feeling better. But we have all of these different topics so that if Claudia came in and said, you know, Rose, I am really struggling this week. I'm going on vacation. I need help working through this vacation. I say, Claudia, hold on. I have a vacation planner. Let's get out the vacation planner and let's go through what vacation looks like for you. And then you're going to go on vacation again. Um, so what's that going to look like the next time when you're not on this pro this phase of the program? What happens when you're on a different step of the program? What does that look like for you? So just really trying to implement all of those little things so that when you're, you know, eating to maintain your weight versus eating to lose your weight, you know what to pick when you go out to eat and you know how to grocery shop and you know what to pack in your lunch, you know, to pack your lunch. Um, so all of those things, it's very all encompassing. And there's, you know, clients are in here week after week after week. So we have weeks, we have hundreds of tools that we use with them. Oh, wow. That sounds pretty amazing. I love the grocery school concept and I love that Trader Joe's, um, participates in it with you, not just allowing you to come in, but that they're, the employees are actually participating. I mean, that's pretty fantastic. I didn't I realize that. that. Yeah. We get the same guy and he comes with, he, he knows us, but you know, we had reached out to other grocery schools and they, they just kind of said, yeah, come on in and do your thing. But Trader Joe's was very welcoming. And not only that, they'll get out samples of whatever we want them to sample. And it's a smaller grocery store, which actually makes it much easier. And then you can apply what you've learned to whatever store you're going to. Um, it's just been a great win-win for us, um, allowing us to be there. 
Super cool. I love that. And of course, I'm a huge fan of, you know, of really diving into the nutrition that we can get from food that we often aren't just because we don't know, you know, like I, you know, like you mentioned with the magnesium and if, you know, why are we chug, chugging down Gatorade, not, not to down Gatorade, but I mean, there is, yeah. there is quite a bit of sugar in that. And do we need that extra sugar just to get some basic electrolyte yeah. replenishment? There are probably some more nutritional ways to get that. So, sure. so we need I, electrolytes, but we don't need the sugar and people forget that there are so many ways to get your electrolytes like food. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it just hasn't been, uh, I don't think it's a topic that most of us are educated on you. Know, I think back to my school years, I mean, you have, you know, the health class and you have, you know, that you're touching on some points here and there, but unless you really like grew up on a farm or you actually in college focused your attention on a major that was involved in nutrition, where are we really getting this education? I mean, I think there's a general understanding that the more colorful your food, the better, but that's about as far as it goes for most people. We don't really get into the detail of it. And so it's easy to just forget how important it is and how doable it is. I think that's the other part is it feels like overwhelming. I can't ever do this. So I guess I just won't do any of it. You know, it's like an all or nothing. I guess I just won't do it at all. So, um, and yeah. our, most of the, the place where people are getting their education is unfortunately from the food industry. Mm-hmm. And that does not always have our best interest, you know, so you're right. We're getting, we are getting, you know, some knowledge of it through social media and advertisement, but it's not always, you know, if they throw a gluten-free label on a box of cereal or I don't even know, whatever. I don't know, gluten-free label on a, on a Pepsi. Um, does that make it all of a sudden a healthy option? It's, it's sort of this, these trendy words. And so we unfortunately are, uh, you know, people ask me all the time, Hey, what are your, what are your biggest competitors? Um, are they other weight loss facilities? Are they online health coaching? And I tell them over and over and over again, my biggest competitor where my clients are spending their money instead of here is the food industry. Nobody is spending their money at a different weight loss facility. They're spending their money at Starbucks and eating out. And that is, that is my, the thing that I talk about over and over and over again is that's where my, that's where my clients will spend their money. And that is my biggest competitor is the food industry. So interesting, really interesting concept, but completely understandable because that's, I mean, that's where all the advertising, how could we ever even compete? No, no individual <laughs> clinic could ever compete with the advertising dollars of, you know, soda Starbucks. companies and or there's no way. Yeah. Starbucks, there, there would be no competition there. What do you think is sort of the core issue with, I guess, diets, fad diets, trendy diets, you know, are people coming sure. to you with sort of a pattern of, you know, why things haven't worked and what's sort of your yeah. understanding of, of why? Yeah. And, you know, I think I wouldn't have said this five years ago, but like 10 years in, because we're about to have our decade party here at Impact. And I look back and I think the, the biggest hiccup is there's a trend that will come out, whatever that trend is. Like right now it might be keto, but it might've been paleo before. It might've been, um, you know, vegan. It may have been Adkins. There's always this thing. And the biggest hiccup is people trying to do things on their own unmonitored without good education. So somebody says the word keto and they go on Pinterest and they like research keto brownies and they're not doing things 
they're doing it with like 50% education. They're doing it with, with education from the social media world. And so that becomes dangerous. Um, or my friend is helping me. There's a lot of complications when it comes to medications, people losing a lot of weight changes their whole blood work. And I think the problem that I'm seeing is people have tried things on their own and they either aren't getting results or they're doing it in a really dangerous way. And so their blood work is actually getting worse and it's, uh, they're doing it unmonitored. And so I feel like that's where my struggle is, is, Hey, I know you think, you know, a lot, and I know there's a lot out there and I know your best friend lost a hundred pounds doing this thing, but that may not be right for you. And that might actually be dangerous for you. And we need to talk about you and your metabolism and your journey and your blood work and your prescriptions that you're on so that the plan that is designed for you and we don't design like a it's not necessarily custom but the plan that we choose to put you on is best fit for you and i think the biggest hiccup with people coming in is they've tried all of these other things we call it the diy world where they've done the do it yourself every other they're like professional dieters they've tried everything and we are their last resort, but we have to come in and reverse so much of what they've been doing. And it's sometimes hard because they've, they've been trying to do it on their own. So I, I really feel like they need a professional to guide them, but they don't know that they need a professional to guide them, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I can totally see somebody going to Pinterest and, and this, and it's so difficult because there's this overabundance of information and we slowly, you know, I remember in pharmacy school writing a paper on direct to consumer advertising and back then it was nothing compared to what it is now. And I think, man, it was a big topic then. And now it's like, how could you possibly you begin to process the information that's coming at you. There's just so much noise. And I, I could see how, you know, social media can play a role. I mean, Google in itself can play a huge role, but now we have, you know, you're right. It's like our friend who, who followed something from Pinterest is now telling us, and of course we trust them. You know, we, 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 word of mouth is huge. And so it, you know, and it's easy to, like you mentioned, not have all of the answers, but begin just by a label, you know, at least keto brownies or this gluten-free Pepsi, you know, and we, we kind of latch on to keywords because we feel like, well, if somebody labeled it that way, then, you know, they're, they're leading us in the right path, but we're just, we're lacking so much understanding of us as individuals and what is best for us. And, and, it's, it's just so noisy, noisy in the space and finding the, the right person to guide us is so, so important. So I love the, the work that you guys are doing. And I think as health coaching is starting to become a little bit more popular, there's another side of it that's just popping up now. And um, that is getting an uneducated coach. And so we see people that are starting, you know, health coaching is kind of catching on. And I see also out there, if anybody is looking for somebody, really research your coach um, because there's a lot of really bad advice out there. So even people that are health coaches are, you know, sometimes with there's these online programs that are coming out now, you know, because online always seems easier for people, right? Like I don't have to face anybody. I can kind of hide behind my phone and I can have this online coach. That online coach is literally a robot. So it's no different than Pinterest, like telling you what to do. And there's that piece of it going on. And that's 
I've talked to people that are going that route of getting this online coach that just text messaged you or sends you a message. It's because they don't really want to be coached yet. They don't quite want to give up what they need to give up and they probably know that. And so this online fake robot won't really get too personal with me. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, once we can break through that barrier, real changes will be made. But if anybody is out there looking for a health coach, um, you know, I would just encourage them. I, I'm seeing people coming in saying, yes, I hired this person online. I've never actually talked to them and they show me the messages back and forth. And it's, it is a robot um, asking them questions and sending, sending them articles. And that's not specific enough for their problem too. You know, when it comes to dealing with, because of your background, you know, as a pharmacist that they need, you need to understand what happens when somebody's blood pressure drops really quick. Um, and I don't change anybody's medications, but I will certainly let the client know, Hey, you probably need to be in touch with your physician. You may need to have this adjusted. And I will definitely send a progress report to their doctor every 10 pounds and let them know, Hey, this is where they are. You do the, the medication thing, but I need you to know that they're losing this much weight and they're, and they're reporting that their blood pressure is here. You do your thing. And I think that becomes really important when people are on, they're on more and more meds than I've ever seen. It's, it's, it's so true. It really is so true. Um, I think about my own clients and some of the amazing shifts that have come from just an increase in activity and a significant decrease in weight and the amount of medications that have fallen off because of that is it's so significant and easy to overlook because a lot of times when you are given a diagnosis and an identity of, I am a hypertensive patient, I am a diabetic patient, you know, it's hard to ever even consider or dream up the fact that maybe, maybe that's just a temporary identity, you know, if it's type two diabetes or if it's, you know, somewhat reasonably high blood pressure that lifestyle changes can make a big enough impact. That doesn't have to be your reality forever. And it, I have seen it be the case and as you have as well. And I think it's so important that the entire medical team get involved because often these medications can and do drop off, which is so fantastic for. And you know, you're absolutely right. And I think you know, you could imagine somebody that comes in and, and we tell them, hey, you need to monitor your blood pressure. This is going to drop quickly. And they're feeling great at first and they're feeling great and they're feeling great. And then all of a sudden they're just not feeling good anymore and they're really tired and they're exhausted. So their immediate thought every single time is, oh man, you know, the way I'm eating this diet is not making me feel good. But truthfully, probably their prescription, their blood pressure isn't high anymore or it's going too low. And they think immediately it's the diet. And I say, let's check your blood pressure. And they, every single time they're shocked. Like they have been told you, you know, this, you know, you're never going to get off this. And they are shocked every single time. And every single time their immediate thought is, Oh, it must be the diet. Cause I was feeling good. And now I'm not. And really it's actually just that they probably need to adjust their meds and their blood pressure is naturally lowered because they're not eating the same stuff that they were eating before. Absolutely. 100%. It's, um, it's really very interesting. I think, you know, a lot of times it's hard for even the medical professionals to, to see a large enough percentage of people make the kind of shift that would result in dropping off of medication. So most of the time they're also assuming this is going to be a lifetime medication. And so that projection is going directly out to the patient. But then once 
once that patient, maybe they're in the, the, you know, minority of people, but they go ahead and they make the changes because you've inspired them or whomever has inspired them. And, and yeah, if you're, if you're used to running at a certain blood pressure and now it's dropped significantly because you're still taking the medication, um, you know, but, but it's lowered because of, of your lifestyle changes. Uh, yeah, you're gonna, you're probably not going to feel great. You're probably going to feel sluggish. So, so yeah, all good points to make. So as we start to sort of wrap up, let's say somebody's listening who doesn't currently have a coach. Maybe they were part of the, the fad yo-yo dieting, felt like it never worked, and they're just sort of at square one again, and they don't know where to begin. What would be some of your maybe easiest, most doable tips for the, the average person wanting to make a change but not knowing where to start? What would be some of your, your advice? Yeah, so I... If we're doing it that way, um, of just like, what can you do on your own? The first thing that I, that's easiest to go with is what are you drinking during a day and how can that be mostly water and how can we cut anything? How can we clean up the coffee? You know, I, I'm really big on it. Start with the things that you do every single day because those will make the biggest impact on your health. So if you only have a salad dressing once a week, that's not going to be as important as every single day people get up and drink their coffee a certain way um, and they do it for years and years and years and years. Do What things can we clean up? And it's easiest to start with your liquids. How do we get those to be clear liquids and how, how do we get that over there? So one of the easiest tips is just to get people to change over to water and to clean up the things that they do every single day and start noting what are the things that you do every day and how can I make those things right? So you sleep every single day. So we'll go back to that. Like how can I make sure my sleep is right? Um, every single day you might put on deodorant. Are you putting on good deodorant every single day? You know, there's a lot of different things that we do every single day, but paying attention to your daily habits and getting those things right will make the biggest impact on your life the quickest. So I always like to start with what they drink first because it seems to be pretty easy to go to mostly water. And if they drink coffee or tea, stop putting all the stuff in it. Um, and how do we clean that up? So that's probably the best place to start. Um, you know, and then you, they may want to do something as simple as like join us for grocery school. You don't have to be a client to join us for grocery school, but Learning some better ways to shop is really, really helpful. Um, and then get in the kitchen. Um, that's the, the more you can cook your food, the better you will do. Um, I know we try to beat the system and eat out and, um, you know, bring in all of these, you know, pre-made cooking things, which seem great, but really you got to get in the kitchen a lot more and that comes down to planning a lot more. So a lot of the things that we teach is only going to the grocery store once a week, making sure you've already written out your meals for the week. Those are all the behaviors that allow you to make smarter choices. But if the behaviors aren't in check, the choices will make it a lot harder to fall in place. So um, those are just a couple things, but join us for grocery school, make your weekly plan and fix what you're drinking. I think those are really valuable and I think they are very doable. And I think the key here is making people feel like they can do it because it's very easy in the space of overabundance of information to get overwhelmed. But I think everybody could easily pay more attention to what they're drinking. We drink without really thinking most of the time and it's easy to down 
you know, sugary sodas or eat Gatorade or whatever without even thinking twice about the calories we're consuming in liquid form and um, water being so, so important. And of course, I'm a huge, huge sleep fan. And I did not know that you could do grocery school without being a member. So that's really great information. I think that would be so valuable for so many people, probably including myself. I think I make good choices, but I'm sure I could learn something. So um, really great. And this comes out and says, I had no idea and I needed those tips. So I, I, we feel like it's really valuable um, because that's what we've heard back from clients. Um, but it's really hard to explain what grocery school is to the person that hasn't experienced it. But, um, and you know, the other thing when we're talking about what you drink is a lot of times people do not include their alcohol in their drink category. And there's a lot of alcohol that comes in every single night. Um, and remember when I said it's what you do every single day. So the people that are drinking every single day, it is definitely affecting their sleep, affecting their overall health. So they have to include that. And I don't think people recognize that the drinking of the alcohol every single night, what that does to their sleep and their overall health and wellness. So that is a big thing that has to be considered between, you know, what people put in their coffee. So even people who've taken out the soda and they've taken out, um, I don't know, whatever else they drink, um, they still sometimes don't really think about their alcohol and their um, coffee like we need to address it. It's so true. It's it's um, so easy to to drink and not think about what's what we're consuming because I don't know, liquids just don't seem like the solids. They don't seem like they have as much significance to the impact on our bodies as the solids. So it's, it's always a good reminder to bring that up. Thank you so much for bringing that up. And let's just, since we're wrapping up and you mentioned grocery school, let's go ahead and talk about the ways people can find you. And if they are interested in grocery school, let's say they're not a member, they're not quite ready to commit, but they do want to do that option, how they would do that. Yeah, grocery school is a, a great place to start. So um, you can contact us, um, Impact Weight Management, or IWMGainesville.com. And you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook. You can send us a message there. Um, and, you, and you can contact me directly. Um, I'm Real Life with Rose on Instagram. So if you message us, we can definitely get you all the information you need. All of our coaches here also will do a complimentary discovery call with you. So if you just want to hear more information, what is this really about? Would this be a good fit for you in your journey? Feel free to um, shoot us a message and we'll give you a call back. Um, and if you go to our website, there's a place for you to do an inquiry and we can get back with you and give you more information and tell you a little bit more about what we do and if this would be a good place. Um, grocery school, we do it about once a month. It's usually on a Friday morning. Um, we have different dates available and we are currently right now about to set our dates for April, May, and June. And it's $30. It lasts about an hour and a half. We will have it on a Sunday um, once a quarter. So if you know you can't do Friday mornings at 8.30, we do it on a Sunday. And those fill up quick because we only take about four or five people on a grocery school tour because it just gets too crowded. So um, if you would like to sign up, message us and we'll get you in for that. And if you'd like more information, we would love to chat with you and see if we could be a part of your health journey. 
$30 for grocery school sounds completely doable. I think that I really hope that our listeners who are local or in driving distance take advantage of that because what, I mean, there's, there aren't many things that you can do that valuable for $30. So I I really love that it's accessible, that you guys are accessible, but that you're also um, so involved in ensuring education happens, even if you aren't an ongoing member. So thank you for all the amazing work you do, all the education you provide and for the insights on this podcast. Thank you so much for having me on. I love what you're doing in Gainesville and we are building a stronger and healthier community. And I I just love what you guys are doing. A huge thank you to Rose and her team for helping to make our community happier and healthier. I highly encourage you to consider some of these options, starting first potentially with grocery school, whether it's here or in your local area. I also love the concept of paying more attention to the liquids that we drink and the nutritional value and caloric intake of those. I hope you found value in this episode as we continue to mind our wellness. I'll see you here again next time.